guys. Welcome back to Tell Me About It with Jade Iovine. If we haven't met yet, I'm Jade Iovine, and every week I sit down with different women to talk about the many bloopers of our very imperfect lives. We talk about the rejections, the mistakes, the bumps in the road, mental health crises, heartbreaks, and shame spirals that often get excluded from the narrative, or at least from what we see on Instagram. This week I sat down with, or Zoomed with, Amrit. Amrit has ditched her surname and is taking over the sex and dating world with her new show, Unhinged. Amrit is a contagious ball of energy, and I loved picking her brain about what it was like to move here from Australia without knowing anyone. The hardest parts of hosting a live show, there are many hard parts, and how she deals with the criticism she faces not only from her audience on these live chats, but from herself as well. We talked about all the odd jobs she took when she first moved to the States. Like she bartended for high roller poker games and taught singing lessons. We covered a lot in our conversation. She and I both weighed in on some dating and relationship questions, which was hilarious, considering the last time I went on a date was when I was like 20. But she has amazing advice about what to talk about on a first date, how long someone should wait before introducing another person to their family, how to effectively slide into someone's DMs, and we'll even tell you how many I's or Y's to use in your high and hey when initiating a conversation. But first, here's a little bit about our sex and dating guru, Amrit. Amrit is a multifaceted creative entrepreneur. As a host, DJ, and strategic consultant, her work is deeply inspired by empathy and connection. In addition to her nonprofit projects in the impact and sustainability space, her most recent projects, Unhinged on Network and Ask Amrit, has allowed her to create a safe forum for dialogue on love, sex, communication, and everything in between. Amrit has sold out shows all over the world and performed with major artists from Lauryn Hill to Dua Lipa. Amrit is bi-coastal and currently bounces between New York and Los Angeles. Here is Amrit. Hi, Amrit. Hi, Jade. Welcome on the show. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm the biggest Unhinged fan ever. Oh, my God. The pleasure is all mine. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. So, first of all, the hardest part of my research, like, as I researched you, obviously, before, was finding your last name. You're like Madonna. I know. Thank you. That makes me really happy because I have gone to great lengths have you? to hide my last name. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we won't say it here. No, it's okay. I found it. Yeah. You found it? Yeah, it slipped through the cracks a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to earn it yeah. to find, find out. Okay, so can you kind of tell me your backstory? We've never met before, but where are you mm-hmm. from? When did you move to the U.S.? The whole thing. Okay, yeah. So I'm from Australia. Mm-hmm. I was actually born in Singapore, which a lot of people don't oh, know. Amazing. Yeah, and I moved to Australia when I was a kid, so I grew up in Australia. Okay. And actually, funnily, you brought up the last name. Like, initially, like, my family never really understood what I was doing, right? Yeah. So, like, when I started kind of, like, DJing, like, moving in the t- entertainment space, I hid my last name just because I, like, wanted separation. Right. And now things are obviously going well. But, um, yes. But I also did it for privacy because, like, you know, people yeah. like, really be crazy. But No, um, and you have a beautiful first name. Like, you can get away with it. You know what I mean? And then it's, like... You really know you made it when all of your press and stuff starts coming up without a last name. Like, that's pretty that's great. That's how I feel. I'm like, if Cher can do it. Exactly. And Madonna can do it, I can do it. Only um, the greats. Only the exactly. greats. Right. There you go. First name is powerful enough. But you can't do so, it if your name is like... Samantha. Yeah, exactly. I was going to I was like thinking of names and I was like, I know all those people with all those names. I'm going to... Yeah, them. and. You're going to pick yes, someone I know. Yes. And then I grew up in Australia on... I always like kind of knew I really loved music and mm. like connecting people and like social environments, but yeah. it didn't translate into like a skill where I was like, this is going to be my job. Right. 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 When I left school, I got into business school. And okay. after like, I would say like a couple of months, I had to like intern at this bank. I dropped out, but I was like, yes. I didn't want to tell my mom. So I was like, right. okay, I'm just going to pretend I'm still going to school. Like until like something good comes along because I was honestly just like bartending and like just trying to figure out what I was trying to do. I knew I loved music, but it didn't feel like something like it didn't feel like a career path, especially mm. where I was in Perth. Yeah. And I like was kind of like a smaller city with like limited opportunities. So I was like, what what can I do? Right. And so 
I kept auditioning for this music school and I finally got in. And so when mm-hmm. I did get in, I was like, by the way, like got into music school. Yay. Also dropped out of business school. And they were all like, what? Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> and, yeah. And my mom's like, what have you? Cause I was like, I like left home when I was pretty young. So she was like, yeah. what have you been doing with your time? I'm like, oh, you know, like going to the beach and like bartending. And she was like, okay. Uh- <laughs> um, like, what kind of jobs? did your parents want you to have like banker, lawyer, doctor kind of thing? Or? I think just something they understood because my mother yeah. was a lawyer, my sister works in accounting, like my okay. dad works in real estate. And like, I come from like a pretty, I'm South Asian. So like, yeah, it's kind of like they celebrate academia in a way that like, it's like the only option. And also like, you know, I grew up in Australia. So like, I didn't see people who looked like me having jobs like me. So it didn't ever feel like an option. Totally. And I completely understand where she was coming from at the time because she was like, what are you going to do? Like, of course. Perth, you know? Right. It's not for lack of love. It's actually pure love. You know, she wanted to protect you. Yeah. It came from a really good place. And so when like, you know, sl- small little successes started to follow, I think like over time she understood. But I was also like, it took me so long to really figure out what I wanted to do. And I'm still, I feel like, I, I never understand when people have like five year plans because I like what it changes for me like every totally. few months almost, yes. you know? Yes. Um, it's funny. I was like, I was dating someone and he was like, it's really hard to, to like plan a future with you because like what you want and like the idea of your future changes every, like so often. Yes. As it should. As it should. And I was like, oh, that's really like, good observation like I really do I'm not someone that's like tied to a plan or like ever had like anything mapped out because everything was sort of a risk in a sense like even moving to America like I didn't have a visa so I was like okay cool like I'll just keep leaving every three months and like hopefully something will work out because like I didn't have family or friends here and I was like hopefully something will work out and it kind of always did yeah but it came at the cost of like obviously hard work and and like, I would like to say like luck, but luck and like luck gets you in the room or like a contact gets you in the room, but like your work ethic and like what you can actually do will keep you there. Right. hundred percent. So, so it was like, I always kind of knew that like, I want, I wanted a career in the space of like entertainment and music, but there was no like straight path. So when I got to America, I didn't have a visa. Right. So I had to like do all these kind of like crazy under the table jobs. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So first of all, let's backtrack. So I, I, I need to get into the crazy jobs because I, one of them in particular sounds like so interesting to me, but yeah. tell me, so when you decided to move from Australia, where did you go to New York initially? And how old were you? So I was like, I would say probably like 20, I guess I've been always 10, like 23. Okay. 23 ish. Like, but I've been like traveling, like it, it's funny because like, Australians love to travel and I think we're really fortunate because of the way we're set up over there in terms of like we all get really great health care we all Mm -hmm. get like government like debt-free like college loans so I'm like like, why did you leave no I know (laughs) it sounds so nice so it's like if you travel like you find a lot of Australians because we don't really have like college debt or like you know like we're, we're pretty like carefree like we're set up in a really nice way Totally. So I, I was like always like I was going to Bali, I was going to Asia, I was like traveling around. Like I did like Vegas, San Fran, Miami. Like I did a lot of trips before I really was like New York is the place for me. Like I had the second I got to New York, I knew I had to live here. Right. Um. So I like went back. I sold my car. I like was I was teaching music at a school at the Were time. You? Oh, that's amazing. Te- yeah, I was teaching. Um. I was giving, giving singing lessons, weirdly. Wow. Um, so teaching and I was like saving. So like, I, I, you know, my parents were like, or my family was like, yeah, good luck. Like, yeah, absolutely. You don't have a visa. You don't have a job. Yes. You don't know anyone there. Like you're on your own. Yeah. Um, but I've always kind of been on my own in that regard. Right. So were, was it really like, aside from the culture shock, was it mm-hmm. like you didn't have family or friends here? Were, were the first mm-hmm. six months like so lonely? Oh, Jade, they were so, like, I had the, I, in the first month of moving to New York, I got held up and someone stole, like, all my, I was, like, cry, I remember, like, crying at the, 
police station being like, I don't even have any money on that bank account. Like, they just took my Australian IDs, which is like impossible for me to get right. over here. Right. And I was like terrified to like go to the um, police station because I was right. worried they'd like look me up and be like, you're not even supposed to be here. Right. And then I got so sick because I moved in the winter, which like mm-hmm. in hindsight was a terrible idea as someone who had like lived in like really beautiful weather in Australia. Yeah. I never experienced the winter before. Like, I seasonal feel, depression. Like, dude, not even like I hadn't, I didn't know how to dress. Like I didn't know how to survive a New York winter. You didn't have like a coat. No, I didn't have a coat. So I got bronchitis and pneumonia oh. at the same time, oh, which no. apparently is very hard to do. And I didn't have like health insurance at the time, but I had like nothing. So like, I remember like going to this like kind Polish doctor in Greenpoint who like took me in because they obviously felt sorry for me right. and was like, do you have bronchitis and pneumonia? And like, you need to like wear buy coat, and you need coat <laughs> yes, like invest in a tips. scarf. Yes. Seriously, like I, I was kind of like, like not really understanding like the weather and like acclimating. You were in over your head. I was yeah. way in over my head. And so I, I got over that and I got over being robbed. Yes, like Jesus. <laughs> and like looking on like Craigslist at like these terrible apartments where like, you know, like I'd show up and it'd be like a weird sketchy couple being like, actually the room is the living room. And I'm like, I'm out of here. <laughs> like, oh my God. Like really just like. Right. And you probably like didn't want to tell your parents all of this stuff because they didn't want you to be there really in the first place right yeah no they, they were not like oh we'll support you we'll help you out anything they were no. like major bedline oh my god so I responded to this Craigslist which was open-minded bartending and I was like oh okay like open-minded, open-minded. Is great. I was like, I'm an open-minded person I really thought it was like a strip club or like but like yeah. it, it, it was like no nudity no sex yeah so I show up and this woman like literally like looks me up and down and she was like okay you'll do she's like have you bartended before I was like yeah she was like "Mm, that doesn't really matter and like then I'm like starting to panic I'm like like this is like this is trafficking like I'm gonna get trafficked oh my god she's like because she's like lending me to like all these like different rooms I'm like what's happening oh my god and then I get in the poker game and she's like okay we run underground poker so like if you don't really know how to bartend, you can figure it out. Just keep the players happy. Oh, like, my God. Like, order them food. I need to know all the details about this underground poker world. So what, how old were you? You were, like, 24 at the time? I think I was, like, 23, 24 at the time. Okay, and so all I know about this world is what I've seen in Molly's, Molly's Game. Molly's Game. Yes. Yeah, it's, kind of, it's, it's very similar. Which is, like, one of my favorite movies. Dude, same. When I watched it, I was like, oh, wow. It's insane that there has never really been a movie like this because it's such a large part of like New York. Actually, most cities, like there's so many games in New York. And I worked, I started on the one that was like an infamous one on 17th street. And then I kind of moved, but then I like, I'm a good person with like remembering people's names, remembering Uh people's strengths, like being like considerate being, because that's really what it is. And that's why I think, um, service work and hospitality work is an excellent foundation for anything you would ever want to do mm. in life because mm-hmm. it teaches you people skills totally and like teaches you how to connect and like form this type of relationship where you can really just kind of like problem solve and get through anything yeah no for sure like people would be losing like an insane amount of money so it was like a high stakes game like in molly's game it was like millions of dollars and like I started in a, like a smaller state game and I kind of like worked my way up and it's quite okay. an insular world too. So like I'd say like in the second or I did it for a couple of years, like towards that, like towards the end of my like career, if you could call it that, it, the games were getting bigger and like people be like, I'm having lucky streak. Like you were like making my drinks. I'm taking you to Vegas. I'm taking oh you my know, God. Taking, so like, you became you know, part of the superstition. That's yeah. crazy. Oh, it's really big. It's, it's all about superstition. It's gambling. Wow. Right. Yeah. That's nuts. Were you ever like afraid for your safety doing that? There are a couple of times. So one time like the cops broke up the game. Okay. And I did, I like, so when you, um, you get. Is it illegal? Okay. So here's the thing. It's not, it's illegal for money to be involved. So. Okay. So technically, if you're found that, like, this is what I do is, like, they pay, like, they tip you in chips, right? Like, if you bring someone during, bring them the food, if you run them an errand, like, whatever, they'll give you, like, a chip. 
And so what I was always really good at doing was like, I never keep chips on me. Like I, I was like always going back and like putting the chips away and then like getting back to it. So like in my mind, like my exit plan was like, if someone came, I'd like play the like innocent girlfriend card who like came with a guy I met on like Tinder and like didn't oh know where my I got. Yes, know? yes, yes, yes. So the first time it happened, they like, you know, like they have bigger fish to fry, like the cops, they're trying to get right. like really all the other stuff that's going on at the games, which is like drug dealing, like, right, like right. you know, that the game to them itself, they don't really care about. Yeah. And so they were like asking a lot of questions and I wasn't really answering. And then the guy was like, what are you doing? Like, he's like, you look like you're like 17. He was like, you should just go and like, let me leave, which is really okay, sweet. Okay, good. Thank God. Yes. Um, but he was like, What's your, do you have ID and stuff? And I was like, no, like lying. And I was like, Smart. I don't have, yeah, I was like, I'm Smart. not information. Like, I don't even exist in America. Like the last thing right. I did is give my name. Right. And so that was like a good wake up call where I was like, oh, I probably shouldn't be doing this. But it was so like lucrative. Like I met a lot of really great people. I learned how to de-escalate a lot of the skills I learned doing that. I take into like nightlife. You know, it's like totally. It's like de-escalating people who are mad, who yeah. are drunk, yeah, who are um, who think that like it's who can only see their way, who like want to have a good time. It's a like, it's very similar, right? Okay, I don't want to take a break, but we have to. We'll be right back. Would your advice be to someone that like just moved to the States or just moved to a new city or whatever to kind of take these odd jobs to make friends? Or like, how did you make most of your friends? And like, how long did it take to get to that point? I would not consider those people my friends. Um, It's funny because like I have a few acquaintances now. Yes. Yes. But a lot of them are like literally in jail. Understandably. Yes. 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 on being a social person, putting myself out there, going like I knew I wanted to be music and DJ, and I would um, go to like all the events I wanted to play at. I would, you know, just kind of like force myself to network, and slowly but surely, things did start to unfold. And I ended up working at an advertising agency as like a personal assistant to the CEO. Oh wow! Yeah, and like I worked my way kind of like basically like I ended up like running a department there until the agency closed which was kind of cool because I fast-tracked my career there because I worked directly with the CEO and I remember him being like are you equipped to like be a good pet like what makes you a good assistant and I was like I have to personally assist 15 to 20 high paying CEO Mm. business execs every night sometimes at the 20 the game won't break for 20 hours you know like I was like this is a piece of cake and he looked at me and I was like hi I'm like cool yes oh that's brilliant so leveraging your experience yeah because other people would be like oh I'm gonna leave that part out because it's not relevant to the job that I'm applying for but making your own through line on your resume so to speak is really important you know because I think there's so much pressure to have Especially in your 20s. I intend here and then I did this. Yeah, and like, like yeah. exactly. Like it's all in the same industry. And like, that's just not how it works these days, really. Or it does work for some people like that. Mm-hmm. But have you always been like a very social person or like were you shy when you first moved here? I feel like I never had the luxury of being shy, mm, which, which, yes. which I know it's not a choice, but I always was no, like, but okay, that's... if I don't do this, then... I don't know anyone here. And if I don't go out and make friends, I'm not going to make friends. And that's just how it is. Right. And like, I, I wasn't like, you know, forceful in a way. I just like would like try to meet like-minded people at activities I cared about. So like yeah. volunteering, like yeah. concerts, um, that type of thing. Right. So how long did it take you really to make friends? Like from when <sighs> you moved here? A long time. Like a long, uh, th- you like real, I can say in right. your first few years of New York, or in my experience, you have your like party friends who you yeah. meet, um, who you like go to the promoter dinners with and you party and you go to fashion shows and like, they're not like your real friends. Like right? pajama friends. Like, yeah. E- yeah. And so those friends didn't come along to like, I would say like my third or fourth year in. Yeah. So what did you do for like holidays and stuff? Was that really hard? Like, or did you go back to, were you able to go back to Australia? <laughs> So, no, because I was also, like, starting to DJ at the time. And, like, the holidays are the busiest season. Yes. So, I usually take my holidays after, like, in between January and February because it's, like, December is, like, 
such a busy time. January is Men's Fashion Week. February is uh, Women's Fashion Week. And so I either take it in between January and February or I take it between February and March. Okay. Um, because it's summer in Australia too. Yes. So oh, I, I about never that. go home for the holidays. And I'm really glad you asked me this because so the first Christmas that I was in New York, I was like alone and I was like, where can I go eat? Because everything's closed. Yeah. Um, so I went to Dallas Barbecue. <laughs> Amazing. Which was open. <laughs> um, Amazing. Like eight, and then like went to this like karaoke spot on St. Mark's, and like they have it's called Sing Sing, and they have like the private oh, rooms, yeah. but then they have like the joint area where you like pay a dollar or something. Yes, yes. Because like these were the only things that were open on Christmas, that right? And, like, of course. The synagogues, right. um, yes. So, which I've done on Christmas. Too. Yes, have you? Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so I started doing that, and and like I went and sung, and I was like, I was literally like drunk crying like singing and I was like I'm all alone <laughs> like, um, oh that's so like, sad and amazing at the same it, time it's so sad but like I basically turned this Dallas karaoke night into a thing that happens now it didn't happen last year because of COVID oh no way you made it a tradition I made it a tradition and so it's now become a thing so like over time like I I, I found friends and a lot of those friends were from New York so they'd be in the city so they'd meet me at Sing Sing and and every year it grew and it grew and it grew so like not last year because nothing was open but the 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 one before it was there was so many people karaoke there were like I would say close to like 100 people one Christmas that's like kind of crazy and Sing Sing essentially like shuts it down for us now Um, no way that's incredible you created your own little holiday I did Uh, and I, w- I will say the one thing I love about that is so many people were like, I always felt lonely on the holidays. I didn't have anywhere to go. You know, I, I don't have anywhere to be or like I don't have people I consider family in the city. Mm. And like a lot of New Yorkers can't Absolutely. Go. Like if you work in like in, in fashion and music and reach in, in whatever, like holidays are the busiest, busiest season. Like you don't mm-hmm. get to go home. So it actually, it, I didn't realize how many people it impacted until the year we couldn't do it, right. which was last year. Right. And I was like, oh, wow, like everyone's telling me they don't know what they're doing for Christmas. And I didn't, I hadn't like really even realized that so yeah. many people were coming to it or like that was like the one thing they looked totally. forward to. Yes. But I'm looking forward to it coming back this year. No, it's <laughs> so interesting. I had this woman, Karen Civil, on a couple weeks ago and she was talking about how like when she moved to L.A., she knew no one and it was like really, really hard. And she created this brunch. And I was like, it's so there's so much conversation around like making friends as an adult or in your 20s because oh. it's re- it's hard. Like you're just yeah. like, especially with everyone working so remotely now. And like, it's just hard to do. Your story reminded me of that because I was like, you just have to create the thing that you want to be invited to, you know, Absolutely. like I've never connected these dots before, but connecting people and like creating those experiences to bring people together has always been the core of my work like connecting connection like that's what I'm inspired and driven by and like that's how the show came about was like me like answering like user submitted questions on Instagram stories because I was like bored at home in quarantine um but I didn't I like kind of never really thought about it in that way in regards to the karaoke situation because that's just like such a funny like it's amazing no I'm <laughs> yeah. gonna ask you all about I've, I have some great dating questions at the end of this oh, that you and I will okay, both wait we'll both weigh in on let's go back to when you were 25 versus now what were you insecure about then everything <laughs> same <laughs> um everything well I will say actually this one thing is when I moved to the states it was the first time I had seen any type of representation of someone that looked like me in like the things I wanted to be doing. Interesting. Because it's very homogenous in Australia. Like at the time I grew up, like I know it's different right. now, right. but it was like, oh, like there are girls who look like me here. And wow. like there are every, any like kind of race or, or type of person you could imagine exists in New York. So I was like, oh, wow. Like, this is what it feels like to yeah. live in an inclusive space, you know? Totally. Especially the areas I was lived in, Brooklyn, Chinatown, Lower East Side. Mm-hmm. So, but then I like, at, at the starting to have like minor successes in my career in the entertainment space, like in advertising and DJing and fashion and music was the first time I really kind of 
started to feel this insecurity of like appeasing again to like these like beauty standards that people expected. Because when I started DJing, it wasn't like, like no one wanted to know your beauty routine. And right. like, you know, like it was yeah. like pre-Instagram. It was like, no one even notices the DJ. They're in the back. Like, there wasn't such an on, emphasis on what you look like. What you look like, what you do, like it, it, it wasn't, it was less of a branded entity. So okay. So getting comfortable, like people, even like people taking my photo, like I had all those insecurities that came with it because I was used to being the behind the scenes person. Like I was at my job and advertising, like I was the talent director. So I would book other people, other talent to be on sets. So I was never in front of the camera. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it just like a lot of like, you know, of course, like as a self-aware person, like you watch, I, I still have it now. I watch shows back or I'll watch a live back and I'm like, oh, I didn't like that. Or like, yes, oh, didn't love the way that looked. But then it's like, you've got to reframe those thoughts. But it, it started when I, when I started to have more like in front of camera opportunities, you know, mm-hmm. we want her to DJ this, but we also wanted to take a photo and post and I was like okay that started to be a part of my job right right and so then I got hypercritical of like oh but I don't fit into the samples like and like I don't like look like all the girls at this event and like you know because I wasn't like the influencer I was or like the model type girl like I was the 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 music person who like then like happened to be a part of that so I was like oh right now I got like now I'm gonna like do glam like oh god you know like no yeah so I mean obviously like just as any 25 year old is like you're just or just anyone is you're just like insecure about your body or your face or what just what you look like but all the things not tall enough not skinny enough not like you know yes but it's amazing because now when you look at your Instagram like it feels very confident do you feel like you that your confidence was learned because you were thrust into this or like where does it come from I would say it's a combination of both. Yeah. So I, one, like I've had to do so much self-work mm-hmm. to be comfortable and happy with who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. And two, I also think that when you, when you get to your 30s, which I'm 33, you start to accept a lot of things that you tried to resist and mm-hmm. embrace them, you know, because it's like you really start to understand like this is this is it. This is like unless you like, you know, you go and do all the other stuff. But like for me – that's just like not my vibe. More self acceptance. Yeah, like, yeah. but like respect any decision anybody makes about their body. But for me personally, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with this. And then, yes. then you, you get to the I'm okay with this part, and then you get to the part where you're like, you know, I actually like this. Yeah. And then you like, and then it like slowly grows, you know. Right. And it's I had King Serena on the show last week to talk about her book Body Talk. I, I love read her. The book. I love her. She's the best. She's been on this show too. She's amazing. Yeah, she's amazing and she there's a section in the book where it's like it do, it makes you exercise you document the amount of time you spent criticizing yourself. Totally. Isn't it scary? It really blew my mind. I know. Like, and and it sort of slips into little ways that you wouldn't even be aware of. Mm-hmm. And so I think having exercises or like being aware of going to therapy or like Mm-hmm. who gives you an objective point of view when like a good thing happens to you and you're like oh can you believe this and they're like yes like why do you think you don't deserve good things it's just right. so much stuff we need to reframe right. that goes so far beyond physical you Absolutely. know it's like believing you're good enough be- yes. believing you deserve Worthy. good things yes. yeah and then it's like and then I think especially like as a woman, you're like, oh, do I not want to get this because of my looks or who I know mm. or like that? Like you like second guess everything. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Everything that sort of like devalues like why you deserve the job, why you got to be here. And so I think like getting to a space now where I'm sort of like, I earned this and I deserve this. And like, I look this way because I work really hard. I go, you know, I take care of my body and this and like that. And it's like, you got to just own it, you know? It's like a version of imposter syndrome, you know, just like feeling like, why do I deserve this? But it's true. Like, like in Katie's book, you once you take account of all the times like or all the wasted time you spend just thinking about all the shitty things about yourself or like creating them in your mind. It's unbelievable. It's such a time suck and it's hard as hell. But what are some of the like self-help tools that you use? So you go to therapy, right? I I, I 
go to therapy. I think everybody should go to therapy. Me too. I th- if you can, yes. If you can, yes. But yeah. I think that right now there's so many uh, therapies accessible on so many levels. You can call mm-hmm. hotline. That's free. Yeah, absolutely. You can, there are government offset therapies. Mm-hmm. There are community centers you can go to to talk to somebody. Um, outpatient, like recovery. Like there are so many different ways that therapy exists now that like this it's accessible on so many levels and also because I'm like a very like rambunctious like on the go doing a million things type of person yeah so I have to like really keep a strict practice of like having five to ten minutes where I do my best to meditate but just like have stillness I try to gratitude journal a little bit but it's also like one of those things when you fall when you do when you're in the routine of it you realize the positive impact of what such a minor thing can do and then you continue to do it. Yes. Um, and like, by the way, I fall out of it all the time, like especially the meditation part. But I do use Headspace and I try to be like accountable Headspace. on it. I do too because it like, it's like I'm words of affirmation type of person. I need like positive praise. Yes. Yeah, me, <laughs> girl, me too. Yes. A, what's your sign? I'm a Sagittarius. Oh, Sagittarius woman. Interesting. Yeah. Actually, yeah. You also need words of affirmation. Um, and I like that it's like, congratulations. This is your like 37th streak. And like, this is how many minutes. Like, right. it makes me feel good. I'm like, okay, I did it. You know, it's like a little compliment at the end of it. I'm like, if you need a side hustle, I really think they could use a female Australian voice on there. Because I love that guy. I love that guy so much. I do too. I love that Aussie guy. Yeah, he lives in my phone, but I love him. That's so funny. Maybe I'll reach out. Maybe they'll reach out to me. <laughs> yes, Who after knows? they hear this. Yes. Also, I think just being, I'm, I love to eat. Like, mm-hmm. it's, I live to eat, you know? And because I like to eat so much, yes. like, I. Jade, I can't even tell you how much food influences my life. Like, it's, I don't know. I mean, it might be a sickness. I ran into a, a friend the other day who I had met on a trip. And it was like, I would say like influence a trip, but not really. Like it was like a, you know, and, and she was like, oh my God, I haven't seen you in three years. We met at in Montauk one time and then you disappeared in the middle of the trip. What happened? And I was like, I was so hungry. I left in the middle of the night. <laughs> I took an Uber Do they not feed you enough? Okay, on this trip, Do they not like, feed you up on the influencer trips? So let me tell you something. It was one of those things where, like, I need three meals. Like, breakfast, lunch, dinner, maybe some snacks. I put in here and there. Like, I'm not a, like... Not an intermittent faster. No, I'm not, like, I had some fruit or smoothie, like, good to go <laughs> type thing. Like, I'm, like, three, like, meals. You're not a, like, forgot to eat lunch kind of girl. Ne- ne- yeah. Like, <laughs> I'd be dead in the ground if I forgot to eat lunch. <laughs> so it was, like, everything was, like, grazing. And it was not, like, substantial. So, like, and they were making us do these workouts, by the way. Which oh, I am an active person. I love to do that. But I need to eat before, after. So yeah. I'd ha- we were having coffee, doing these workouts. Then, like, the breakfast would be, like, some fruit and nuts. And I was, like, red flags for me already. Like, alarm bells are starting to go off. I'm like, oh, my God. Then they made us do a cycling class. Then at lunch, it was just, like, just salads, like, no bread. Okay, if anyone's listening that that can invite, like, <laughs> don't invite me on this trip, please. Like, this sounds like... I've been on many versions of this trip, by the way. You lost so, like, me at cycling. the evening, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I was like, I'm so hungry. Like, I don't- a shell of yourself. Yeah, yes. I, was like, I, think I can stay another day that I'm not even being dramatic. And, like, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I spent, like, $500 on Uber. I took an Uber from Montauk to Manhattan. But I, and in my mind, I was like, I'll go in the middle of the night so no one will see me and there won't be traffic. And it was funny running into the, my friend Courtney the other day. She was yeah. like, what happened to you? I was like, I left because I was hungry. And she you just You got to risk laughing. it for the biscuit, so to speak. <laughs> Literally, I was so hungry. I was like, fuck this, I'm leaving. That's so funny. That's, That's so like funny. the level food influences me on. I'm like, I'll leave. If I if I can't eat, like I'm going to leave. Um, Absolutely. So because my approach to food is like that, and like I have, so I would never want to deprive myself of the enjoyment I get some food I have to be super active Mm -hmm. um and that has helped me with also like becoming more confident because they're really like you know releases and serotonin and endorphins and like you feel good like that adrenaline rush you get you know when you hike when you surf when you go for a run and it kind of creates this positive mindset for me where I'm like I love my body I love what it can do like I love that I'm strong I love when I 
check on, I can carry my check on. People always try to help me. I'm like, I got it. One hand, baby. Oh, like, no. you know. Oh my God. I need, I need you to come on all my trips with me. I literally have no upper body strength whatsoever. Like truly none. And I've been like, I need to work out. Not even two, three years ago used to all be about like how I looked physically, like why I wanted to work out. Like I'd be like, okay, I have to start working out, whatever. Now it's like, first of all, I still don't do it. I I need to. You're like, it's in my mind. It's in my mind. Trust me. I, I do tons of exercise in my mind. Yes. But it's like, what it really does, I feel like, aside from like all the mental health benefits, but it connects you with your body. And I feel yeah. like you're able to be just more comfortable in your skin, like literally, you know, just because like it, it, it's time that you're taking to like give love to your body. Mind you, I still don't work out, but it sounds really nice. <laughs> and, I, and you're kind of inspiring me right now. But I'm someone who needs to be tricked into working out, by the way, like. Or I signed up for like PT and get my butt kicked. But like, yeah. I'm not someone who's like, I'll go to the gym and then I'll like run and like I can't do that. Like I need a class, so okay. I trick myself a lot with Pilates or jujitsu or like activities more than like a workout. I like yeah. that. So what kind of things are still able to knock your confidence today? Definitely when I'm trying new things, even just like the show, right? Like I have never done on camera stuff like that before. So like sometimes even now, like even yesterday. I watched the Katie clip back and there were moments where like I kept looking to the side, like my eyes. Isn't that it the looks worst? Like, oh, and it's because, okay, let me explain this. So the way it's set up is the camera where you see her right. is on is... the left, mm-hmm. but the teleprompter and the actual camera is supposed to look at is here. So like, I'm still learning like all these things, you know, to simultaneously be make be looking at the camera, but watching her, but right. reading and watching the, the, the time and reading. Yeah. Exactly. And so mm-hmm. there were moments where like my eyes would like look to the left or like I'd look disinterested or checked out, but it was, it was because I was actually looking at her, but it looks like I'm not looking at her doing interview. And, and I, I, I like really was like beating myself up for it. I was like, oh my God, Amrit, like you, you should know by now you're so many yes. episodes in, like how can you not get this right? Or like, also like there's a live chat. So people are like, have, have before been like, does she not know where the camera? And I'm like, I'm oh. still learning. Like I've never no, the done live this chat, before. The live chat would kill me. Like that's you're incredible for doing it that way because it's like that's hard <laughs> as fuck. It's hard, and then people like comment. And but I, I'm so familiar with live chats because like I I did like boiler rooms when I was DJing right. or like I do live DJ. I'm used to people cr- like having this avenue to criticize. Thankfully, it's not that all the time, but you know, it happens. So I think just try and like be like not be so reactive when criticism comes in. That's another thing. Sometimes I'd be like, oh, like oof. I shouldn't do this anymore. Like that's literally what I feel. You yeah. know, you react and you you're also reacting like on camera. So the camera's picking up your reaction and you're like, Ugh. So that's something that's still like, you know, taking that moment to be like, you don't need to react to this. Yeah. This isn't so, like I, I love You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay because it really teaches you. Um, it's a book I've read and like a workbook I've like done many, many, many times. And it really teaches you that you control your thoughts and you have the power to, you know, change your circumstances or reframe the way you think about something. And so I have to like, take, obviously like I'm human, so I react. And then I take that moment being like, okay, I can let, what this stranger, probably 14-year-old boy from, like, Wisconsin, (laughs) upset me. Of course. I could remember that, like, this is my show. And I'm on camera for my show that you're, like, I'm not going to acknowledge that. Like, you have nothing nice to say. Like, I feel sorry for you that you've taken time out of your day to be watching my show and sending me, like, psychotic comments, you know. So true. Yes. but But it takes, like... You know, sometimes you snap and you're oh not my a big God. person. Yeah, of you course, react. of course. But live is like, I deal with that with this show all the time, but it's like live is a whole other beast. The good thing about what both of us do is that like you always have the next show to like apply the things that you've learned from the past, but it's like yeah. the negative comments just stay with you. So you're right. Yeah. You have to like reframe or just dictate the amount of power you're going to give those comments and I things, love that dictate you know the amount of yeah. power yeah because it's like otherwise like you'll stumble like the more that you pay attention to it like then you're like distracted and people can see you're distracted like then you're actually distracted mm-hmm. you know so we talked about confidence 
let's talk about what, tell me all about the show. For those people that haven't yeah. watched yet, what is the show? Okay, so the show started over COVID when I was, I always make memes on Instagram. Like, it's just, I love to laugh. Yeah. And, you know, it's just like a funny thing. And I'd like make all these ones about date. People would always be responding to me and like doing the polls and like sending, and I'd be like, send me questions and I'd answer yes. them, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, a lot of people really respond to this. Right. So I started like, to put some structure into it and like, ask me a dating question, ask me this, ask me that. Because a lot of the times, like, I'd post a meme being like Pisces being super unavailable and running towards men with red flags. Right. And like, right. you know, five other people would be like, oh my God, me too. And then all this individual dialogue was happening in the DMs. Yes. Okay. You were DJing before, but then COVID happened. Obviously, like mm-hmm. that obliterated everything all, you know, yeah, all live events. Okay. So then you did this and you started memes and everything like that. Go on. Yeah. But the memes I kind of like always did just as a joke. Like it just wasn't like, I wasn't like, I'm going to create a dating show, you know? Uh, but there were the, the majority of the memes were in, like love, sex, and dating, and the majority of the conversations that derived from that was around love, sex, and dating. Yeah. And I started to notice the similarities that everybody had. Everyone had been heartbroken. Everyone felt lonely. Everyone felt misunderstood. Everyone just wanted a place to connect and talk and be heard and felt understood. So then the dialogue started happening, and I'd have friends over and we'd ask questions, and then I started doing this live once a week called Ask Amrit that I'd have people come on and like chat about, you yeah. know, answer more user submitted questions. Cause I started to get questions that I, I'm not the right person to answer everything. Right. Like what I could do was use the small influence that I have to create a platform to allow mm-hmm. many different types of people to come and speak to those questions and, and share their point of view because it's all subjective, right? Absolutely. So those, so the live started happening. That's like an hour format that happens every Tuesday, 12 p.m. on Instagram. And then I was speaking with the network on like another type of like posting opportunity. And luckily, like I connected with their VP of content who was like, oh no, like let's do something funny. Like let's do something like, what do you like? What do you care about? And I was like, these things. And he's like, cool, let's do that. I'm like, okay. And then it just magically happened yeah and then so we I sent him this tweet once and it was like fuck hinge I want unhinged where all the um Uh like mentally unstable people come together and and share their insecurities something like right that and I was like unhinged is that the the I was like this is it because I'm always on like trolling on Twitter and like, yeah I think he was also like what the hell does this girl do like she's right. 24 7 deep lurking reddit reddit tumblr <laughs> like yeah Obviously, like the show's evolved over time. So we started it in COVID. We just started to have live guests in the studio, which is nice because everything was video up till recently. So we had Eric Bellinger. We have BJ Chicago the Kid coming in. We have Tim Jackson coming in. We had Maddie Matheson call in, Katie Struden call. Like we're starting to like feel like a show, mm-hmm. um, which is funny because we're about to go into the third season. So it is oh a show. Oh my God, it is but a that's show. that's what it comes back to when it's like, psyching yourself out right mm-hmm. like you like sometimes I'm like who am I to like tell give this like advice you know like mm-hmm. like why me like and then I'm like no like this is happening to me for a reason because I I earned this and I worked hard and like I've also like dated the absolute worst men on the planet so I feel like I have some dating experience like to tell people what not to do I'll say no you definitely have the dating experience and that's all you need you're also like not saying you're the end-all be-all for advice never sometimes you need like a shoulder to lean on or just to like vocalize your pain or your experience and then have other people tell you that they went through it too exactly Okay, I have some good dating questions. Yes, love them. I've been in a relationship for seven years, meaning it's been a while since I've dated, meaning I like never have. I met him in college. But let's go through these and see what we think. Okay. Yeah. So how long should you wait before introducing your significant other to your family? I I just had this conversation with a friend. So she's telling me about this like tragic experience she had with it was like a, a list of many things that had gone wrong, but the guy wanted to introduce it to his parents on the second week. And she was like major red flag. Um, and I was saying to her, like, to me, that's almost a sign of like, not really respecting your family enough to like uh-huh. filter like who this person is before yeah, you like how many them other people have they met, you know, like how yeah. many other dates of yours have they met? That is true. Because, like, for me, I think family is such a privilege. Like, you get to meet my family. Family means everything to me. Like, that's such a privilege. Like, 
you just get that straight away. No. And also seeing me around my family is such an intimate experience because like when you're around your own family, like you're different. A different version of yourself. Totally. I say like a month at least. Okay. I would say say? three months at least. Three months. I'll tell you why. Okay. I'll tell you why. Because my therapist tells me this all the time. Time is so subjective because you could be dating someone for a month and seeing them four times a week. You could be dating someone for three months and seeing them once every seven days. So it's, why did I say seven days a week? (laughs) Um, So, you know, things move at different speeds. People have different places at the time. Like no one really knows what's happening in a relationship except those two people, right? But why I say three months is, and this is because I get reminded this gently by my therapist all the time is she's like, you don't really know anybody until three months in because totally. you, you like, it, it's, it's actually like a such psychological, like, you know, they've done many studies on how like we can, you know, really like put on a front and like not be our truth. It's like at the three month mark is when you get to see somebody's true colors. Right. You've seen them in a bad mood. Maybe you've seen them in a fight, like all those things. You might've gone on a, a trip together. Like you've, you, you know, basically built up experiences to really get a good gauge of what this person is like. And like, you know, there's so many steps, right? You take to see how people are in different circumstances. You might, to, to me, it's like, I would introduce them to my friends, Definitely. my chosen family, my small yeah. circle. Yeah. I'd maybe do a little trip with them. Like we'd go, it doesn't have to be like overseas. We could just go on Before a road trip. Before you meet the family. Before you meet the family. Okay. We'd do a few outdoor situations, a social situation. So you could make assessments on what this person's behavior is like. And after all of that, which typically for me also is around three-ish months, that's when I'm like, okay, I know that they're like not a drunk. I know that they're not, um, you know, say they don't say inappropriate things. Yeah. I know that this person is okay in social situations. I know this person can handle themselves in a room if I have to leave and go and get something. You know, like there's so many things I'm thinking about. I'm not going to say something offensively like political or racially charged or inappropriate to my like aunts. True. True. Like, there's so many things. So you're like, okay, I really need to like know this person. And that's why I think three months. I'm changing my answer to two <laughs> to two to three months. You're right. One month is yeah. like four weeks or whatever. Like that's no, that's. If you're seeing someone once a week, which like in the beginning, you don't know them. Stranger. You don't know Still. them. Stranger. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's say three months. That's our advice. I'm going with you. Three months. Okay. We got to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Okay. What are some things to talk about on a date if you're really nervous? Oh, that's a good question. So if you're, so I like, especially with first dates, is that, and they say that you should do this too when you've had a fight with a partner. It's like a similar science behind it is to walk side by side because you don't have direct contact and you get to like kind of lose the nerves a little bit and feel like your most authentic self because you're like kind of side by side walking emotion. So I always suggest going for a walk um, wow. to start it off, like coffee and walk, park and walk. Like you could, you could, you know, you can, it's, for some reason, like people don't walk that much in LA, but like in New York, you know, you can meet here. We can walk like four blocks to the spot together and go get a drink. Or, yeah. Cause then you can also like point to things, you know, you can be yeah, like, oh, look at that like, weird guy on the street. Sharing or, like, an experience together. Yes. Yes. So it's like, I would start with that. So it's not like direct contact. Like I'm nervous. You're nervous. We're like, awkward you know and then by like the little walk you've kind of sort of like gotten you know the like polite like pleasantries and like Mm -hmm. small talk out of the way so so when you're like then like sitting down or face to face Mm -hmm. or like you're kind of getting to the main of it and it's also like a good icebreaker because like you could be on that walk and be like this person's not for me especially if you're online dating right like you have so many first experiences that it's like it saves you to the like i'm sitting down with this guy for dinner for two hours and I know off the bat this is not going to work out oh, based on no. him being rude to the server now I have Oy. to sit here like do I fake call with my like right you know and so it, it's it's nice because one it gives you a good idea of what that interaction is going to be like and it, and it's kind of disarming when you're like you know walking like enjoying that moment together you're focusing on the activity and you're not so like what do I see what do I do like am I looking at them too much am I not looking at them enough like that's brilliant that's really a brilliant little tip that's really smart what would I say to talk about oh god Ooh. You're the one in a seven-year relationship. I feel like people want what you have so yeah oh god no what would I say to talk about I mean 
I don't fucking know. Like, well, I don't like, yeah. like the weather, you know, like what avoid, are you talking about? I would avoid like also, you know, anything to polarizing in the beginning. No, you want to like- avoid like politics, religion, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. But I would say like, I'd probably just like talk about my friends and my family. I guess. Yeah. You're like, friends, you're a disaster. Family <laughs> no, friends, family day. Also yeah. like, I also think you could tell a lot about like somebody by like the things they like. So I'm like, oh, what kind of music do you like? Or like, have you been to this restaurant before? Like, what okay, kind of that's food do you great. like? What yeah. are some activities you like to do? Like, what's your favorite part of the city? I always ask people stuff like that because I'm also new in LA. So I just like in general curious. And, you know, and when you, and people talk about the things that they like, it, it, they're in a comfortable space because like they're familiar that's with true and things. people love talking about themselves yeah they do and also isn't it so easy to talk about like the favorite restaurant you're like oh yeah totally. I love that place like I love that like that like sashimi like you should totally go and then it's like kind of the conversations flowing you know yes yeah oh my god I feel like I'm interested my mind is blown <laughs> yes that's so that's so smart what do you do if you like know that it's a bad date like are you like, have you ever ghosted? Like just like left or like, what do you do? You sit through the whole thing. I try to do my very best not to ghost. There have definitely been situations over time where I'm like, this person is someone who could definitely like affect my safety. And I'm like valid ghosting, but (laughs) um, typically like an interaction isn't great. I'll be like, Hey, it doesn't feel like we're on the same page, but thank you so much for your time. Like I'll kind of like, say that after I'll like text them or like in the moment I'll kind of be like you know thank you so much for your time but like this really wasn't for me and like I just want to be clear like sometimes I'll get a super friend vibe from someone and it's not in a romantic place but like I feel like they could be a friend so I'm like hey Mm -hmm. look I'm really not feeling like anything romantic but like if you're down to get lunch I'm still open to it you know like just that's sweet yeah yeah, I like that because then it's kind of like and they could just be like, no. And you're like, okay, see ya. Wow, that's so interesting. Have you ever watched Dating on the Spectrum? No, but I really want it's to. It's so good. It's yeah. like, I loved that show so much. But I wanted to say about like the things to talk about. They always teach them to say like, what are your hobbies and interests? But hobbies yeah. like give me hives. Like that word like gives me, because I'm like, what the fuck are my hobbies? You know, like yeah. I, I like how you said it. Like what activities do you like to do? Because that's more yeah. like, that's easier to answer, you know? It's also like one of those things that I'm sure you've done seeing the interviews and people are like, What's your favorite song? And you're like, what is my favorite song? Exactly. It's like, like, it's like someone asking you if you're put on the spot. Yeah, you forget your name. Yes. I'm like, what's my name? Like, yeah. what restaurant? Do I like food? Like, do totally. I eat that? No. Totally. Um, so it's like just going to like comfortable things where it's like, you know, like, you know, what, we, yeah. what have you been listening to? Have you been watching any good shows? Like, yes. So a lot of my friends ask me this question, but like, on dating apps, everything's online now, like Mm -hmm. DMs and stuff. And I feel like, I don't know if this is bad advice, but they always ask me like, okay, what should I say? Like we matched. What do I say? Like to start to initiate the conversation. And I'm always like, just say hi. Like, just say like, hey, or like, but like, then it's like how many eyes in hi and how many eyes in hey. But also if you're like an avid dating app type of person and you're getting like 10 matches a day and everyone's just saying hi to you, you're like, yeah, oh, of course, I think people should be as natural to who they truly are, right? Like, so it's like, it depends, like, what your communication style is, mm-hmm. like. But um, I would kind of do, like, a, I like a joke or, like, an icebreaker. Okay. You know, like, a, I'm like, finally, or, like. Okay, so not, like, a knock-knock who's there. Like, a joke, yeah, like, oh a God, play. No, 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 please. But it's like. Come like, can you tell I've been out of the dating scene for a minute? I'm going, okay, not blocked, reported, yes, reported to Bumble. Okay, so saying like, oh, like took you long enough. That's smart. Took you long enough. Finally, Cute, cheeky. Like, I like that. responding to like something. You know, I think people love when we pay them attention, and it shows that you're genuinely interested. So, if someone's at a concert or, um at a specific restaurant or, or there's like a detail I can pick up from the profile I would I would you know in a sim in a similar way when I when people ask how to slide into these DMs I'm like respond to a story like oh, they're true. giving you they're giving you material to respond yes. to you know yes. don't just see the love heart eyes like 
Don't just do a reaction. What's that book like? like, You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like ask a question that's going to lead to a conversation. And like, you know, we do it in everyday life. So like, why not practice it in the same way? Like, it doesn't need to be like romantic or like, it's just responding to something like, oh, like that looks like a great suit or like, yeah, that looks like a fun night. Like, where were you? Or like having something that opens into a creates dialogue because like I'm sure you get this too like when you ask questions you don't ask like yes no questions or right. questions that like don't need to like you know open insight some open-ended yeah. like mm-hmm. insight some type of like meaningful conversation so if you're just like how are you like yeah. it kind like, of is like good, good. like yep. yeah it just doesn't it's not it doesn't it's lacking that like flow yeah so tell me how many eyes are in your high or how many whys are in your hey I'm a high, yeah, for sure. Okay, you're a high for sure. Uh, I'm high. Sometimes three eyes. Three eyes is cute. Three eyes. Well, I'm kind of a higher person, which is, I don't know. Higher. Higher. H-I-Y-A, which I don't know if it's like English, Australian. Yeah. Like higher. I feel like only you can pull that off. I think that's yours. I like that. Really? That's, that's like advanced. That's taking, that's another level. I, I also love like pet names and obviously like not with a stranger, but like, yeah. and I don't know if this is an Australian thing, but I remember like coming to America and calling everybody babe. And like some men would be like, that's like, think I'm like kidding them. I'm like, no in Australia, like everyone's thanks, babe. Thanks, love. Like it's like just in our culture. Yeah. So I'm always like, thanks, darling. Like, thanks, sweetheart. Like, and so I kind of am like very flowery with my like, you know. Right. But I genuinely mean it. Like, but that's I, like I, you. I, yeah. 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 Okay. I love that. So I'm that. Yeah. I I would do that too. I'm like high hot stuff. Like just like kind of like you know, <laughs> yeah, like cheeky, playful. It's funny. Mm-hmm. Like I think I I haven't asked myself the high hey question in a minute. I think I started yeah. life as a hey with two Y's. But now that sounds like, hey, you know? So I think I'd go for a high two eyes. But no, it's okay, so serious. So when you text, are you like, I always ask people this question, are you a texting every like stream of thought? I'm a paragraph, one? not a, yeah. I'm You're a paragraph. paragraph. Okay, mm-hmm. got it. And it's not cute. I, I, I think it's cuter to be every thought. You do? Uh-huh. Um, trust me, as an every thought person, it's not. <laughs> well-received people are like what do you want but like so I'm asking because my hire is usually the first text uh-huh. then it's like you know I'm just like, like hire emoji um, how's it going yes one text and then the third you know so yeah because if it's hey one text that that could be like that's hey. a totally different situation. But if it's paid paragraph, yes it's different it's different mm-hmm. oh my god yes okay yeah how soon is too soon to talk about being exclusive? Oh, great question. I don't think it's ever too soon. I think you could say, I, I think you could say what you want from somebody on okay. the first date. Wow. I don't, I don't think that you can create that expectation. That's a different thing mm-hmm. until you know somebody. But I, I think you can ask in a way that makes it clear what you're looking for. Hi, look. What are you looking for so I know how to approach this? If someone's like, no strings attached, you know. If someone's like, I'm looking for a meaningful connection that potentially could turn into a long-term relationship, yeah. but I don't believe in monogamy, or I'm looking for a boyfriend, you know, I'm looking for... Like, when you know what someone wants, you can get a better understanding of what they're going to give you. Right, but I like the way that you asked because it's mm-hmm. not like, what are we? Or it's not like, what are your intentions? You know, those both of those yeah. questions are heavy. Or what do you want? It's yeah. like, what are you looking for? Like, right, right. friendship, um, you know, like, are, are you, like, in an open room? You know what I mean? Totally. And so then it's, like, it also takes the pressure off because it's, like, it's not, like, who am I to you? Like, yeah, obviously, yeah, like, I've yeah, also yeah. been that girl by the way. Yes. Like, <laughs> another way that I like to ask, like, that, like, what are we type conversation? It's, like, how, how would you introduce me to your friends? Interesting. Because, you know, like, that's how I found out a lot of the times. Like, someone's been like, I met my girlfriend's Wait. house. I'm like, girlfriend? That's, Wait, okay, what? that's crazy. That's actually no lie how my boyfriend asked me to be his girlfriend. I went out with his friends for the first time, and he was like, even, like, we were recounting the night, and he was like, oh, yeah, and then he's like, I can't believe he said that to my girlfriend. And I was like, you know you have to ask someone to be 
your girl like you like it's not just like you don't get to just assume <laughs> and you're in college too right so yes. like, and back then like that's like a conversation you know I'm like I need distinct lines yeah like I, I need the conversation yes okay. yes be clarity I feel like after two weeks is way too soon I think for the conversation that you're talking about mm-hmm. three weeks three weeks a month yeah I actually also on first what are you looking for like to me that's like what do you want out of life like right you trying to settle down are you trying to launch your business are you trying to, because because if someone to me is like oh you know like I'm I would love to live in Goa in India and like I would love to open like a yoga retreat and like I'm probably going to be there in like five weeks in my mind as a, like a logical person I'm mm-hmm. not like oh he's looking for a long-term relationship to settle down in in LA like you know yes I think yes, like yes. you can get a good understanding of like what where someone's headspace is at by asking those leading questions and like a lot of the time you'll be able to sort of pick up on where something is going totally totally how do you go about asking like this person right if you're like planning a date how do you ask them if they're vaccinated oh straight out you just say Yes, yeah, I would say um, also I want to be respectful to you and your family and anyone that who could be immune compromised and likewise, like mm-hmm. what's your status if you feel comfortable disclosing? Perfect. Because because at the end of the day, I think when you also put it in a way that's like why it's so important and mm-hmm. and how it impacts the people around you. Absolutely. So I think that that's totally valid to it's ask. not a weird question and yeah it's not a weird, especially like at the current point that we're in like we've been in this for over a year like yeah if if someone asking you if you're vaccinated makes you feel so uncomfortable I think you gotta look at why like, I think that's on them so you know true. like sorry like so true and, and I respect everybody's choice right like but then own it like exactly if you all want to if you don't want to be vaccinated then like own it like yeah why like if you, if that's definitely your choice and that's your choice that's okay yes okay so are you familiar with the bases like first base second base mm-hmm. yeah okay so this is a big point of contention with me, with me and my friends so i classify the bases as first base is kissing slash like mm-hmm. making out right mm-hmm. second base i think is hands like yeah, hands. otphj over the pants hand job like or hand job and if you, people are giving in the hand jobs anymore. yeah <laughs> do they i don't know and then, <laughs> then do they and then third <laughs> is sex like okay so i think third is sex and i think home you ride, do okay i think oral is so much more intimate I do too than, but i you know i don't think but i think that the home run technically is sex you're right. Okay, so that's what creates all of the issues because it's supposed to, like, mm-hmm. increase in intimacy, right? It but, is. But, like, oral to me is like, oh, my God, I better meet your family right after. You know what I yeah. mean? It's like... And, and the other thing is I didn't really realize how... Because oral for me is so important and, like, I need it to have a good time in sex. Everyone, and it goes yes. hand in hand together. But yeah. it didn't. I didn't realize until I started doing the show how many people were having sex without oral. And I was like, mm-hmm. why are you even having sex? But... It's apparently quite a common it's a thing. Preference, like, yeah, yeah. A lot of people don't like to give, don't like to receive, don't feel comfortable. Yeah. Um, and I was so, it was the new learning experience for me, and that's why I would say it's the. That's why I understand why you're saying it's the fourth because not everybody gets there. Right. But I do think, like in Sex terms has of foreplay, yeah. it should be. True. You know? So it depends how you're looking at the bases. If you're looking yeah. at them as terms of foreplay, yes. Okay, then it is home. I always see it, look at them as like intimacy, you know, like levels yeah. of intimacy. That's interesting. Okay, good. You settled the like, debate. Yeah, let's get it. Yes. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Last thing. What's a way that you're working on yourself these days? Oof. Good question. I feel like I'm a crazy self-helper. Like I buy the books. I do the workshops. I'm like, on masterclass like I, I i'm the tuning into all the lives so i'm like where do i begin with that um yes I, i'm trying to be a little kinder to myself yeah. and be less reactive because i'm like a very reactive person like i feel things so differently like di- deeply like i'm very emotionally charged like i have no the irony out of the poker situation is i have no poker face Jake. like if i don't like something if something is bothersome to me, like yeah. if I'm confused or I or like 
Hapni Sad, whatever emotion like yes. you see it. Totally. And I'm the same sometimes way. I'm like, it's a dead giveaway. And sometimes like I'm not as thoughtful when it comes to considering someone's feelings or if I'm like not interested on like my mm-hmm. face, I'm like <laughs> um so I'm trying to be more mindful with my reactions because okay. Poker I, face. I feel like sometimes like, you know, people are sensitive and and I want to respect that and everybody, you know, process things differently. And like definitely from dating, I've had people be like, Oh, like that was like really abrupt or blunt or harsh or like you did not look interested in that. And I'm like, oh, I'm just like a super reactive person. Yeah. You know, like I'm like I, I like cry like when I watch commercials. Like I'm just yeah. like I, I, I'm like I feel things. That's very the deeply. Pisces in you. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes like it can, you know, um it, it can read as like disinterested <laughs> or like checked out or uninvolved yes. or um not not wanting to be entertained but I'm like right. oh no I'm just like you know so how do you yeah. train yourself out of that um I think a lot of it starts with like self-work too because it's yeah. like it like with where what we were discussing before where it's like letting what other people say like get to me and so like I'm trying to start there with the reactiveness and I think just being more mindful of that will help you in general yes and the other thing that I work on all the time and this goes hand in hand with the reactions is that it's not about you. It's yes. usually never about you. Mm-hmm. And I have, that's like something I need to remind myself 24 seven, you didn't book the job. That's because it wasn't for you. Yes. They didn't like what you were saying. Well, they're not the right yes. partner for you. Like he didn't like the way you did this. That's not the person that's going to be your, your guy, right. your woman, your, right. you know, your partner. Right. So I think like rejection having is protection. that, exactly having mm-hmm. that security and like comfort for me is something that helps me be like okay it wasn't for me next move on like you know and be less reactive because like I'm why not I'm not good enough like you know because I mean like spiral and it's like right. no it's not about you and it's one thing to like cognitively know that like okay it's not personal I read the four agreements like whatever mm-hmm. but it's like a whole other beast to actually apply it and like to weaken the reactive muscle you know it's like yeah it's crazy. I mean, we know so many things that like actually practicing it in our everyday life. Totally. It's another so thing. And I think, and they're all interconnected, you know, mm-hmm. the gratitude stuff helps because when I like get into that, like tailspin of like, why not me? Why didn't I get this? Why didn't it work out for me in the way I wanted it to? I'm like, I, I try to like go back to the things I know I'm grateful for. And it helps when you make the list because it's at the top of your mind every yes. day. My family, my this, my that, my job. I'm going my... to really start doing that. I need to. Because when you start doing it, you start to use it all the time. Yes. When you're trying to like bring it into other, like this. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, no, but I have all those things I should be grateful for. It just yes. redirects the energy. Okay, I love that. Thank you yeah. so much. You're done. You're, You're cooked. Thank I you so, so much. I know. Um, we could go this. literally for hours. Let's meet up in LA now that you're here. I would love that. Okay, one thing that I am so glad about after that episode is that I am not single because girlfriend is rusty. I I mean, I just did not know how to answer those dating questions. Thank God I had Amrit. I mean, I learned so much from her. And hopefully you guys use some of her tips and tell me if you do, because they sound pretty legit. Like walking side by side with your date was one that I never thought of before. And that sounds genius. Okay, that's it for me this week. I will see you guys next week. And please, in the meantime, until I see you again, you can text me or leave me a voicemail. The number is in my bio on Instagram, at Jade Iovine. If you want to DM me there or follow me, please rate and follow the podcast. If you see a little plus mark on the top of the podcast page, just click it and you'll be subscribed and we'll be best friends forever. Okay, I'll see you guys next week. Bye.